0: Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast.
1: My name is David Reed, and with me as ever is Mr Marek Larwood. Hello Marek. Hello David. Hello listeners. I think we should explain our move on to uh, this Acast thing.
0: Oh yes, it's uh, been a few weeks now. We've uh, we've moved Host to a uh, hosting service called Acast from our previous one. Uh, there's been numerous reasons for this, but one of them is that uh, it seems more convenient you can get an app and just listen to it on that. How we, do I get the app? Um, I, I believe on Android or iPhones. You can just look for Acast, A-C-A-S-T, all one word, and you can find us on
1: there. Oh good, I'm glad we got that out of the way. We're not
0: plugging it, like genuinely people seem to have had difficulty, some people. Um they won't be listening, listening to this anyway. To us. They won't be listening to it, but if you know them,
1: call them. Make sure they're all right, yeah? Um No one calls anyone anymore, it's all texting or emailing. Yeah. Electronic fax. No more faxing. Soon people won't know what that sound that whole dial-up sound and fax machine mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. is. <laughs> Why did it make that sound? Uh,
0: I think it was sort of an audio language of uh, information, wasn't it? It was a language it was speaking. He wants to go on AOL now, please, boing, boing.
1: So if I did that... His password is this boing. If I did that next to a printer...
0: Yeah, if it was a spot-on impression, like if John Coleshaw did it, like I mean, like, a perfect impression, like if John Coleshaw did it... Yeah, the best. Like, if it was... So perfect. Like if John Colshaw did it, mm-hmm. then the computer would respond in kind. It would go, "Oh, he wants to go on AOL. Then here's AOL for you." I'm
1: talking about faxing. Would a fax machine? print Oh, stuff yeah,
0: out? <laughs> draw a picture for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's something to try at home? Just call up a fax number and go. Yeah, bang, bang. See what comes out the other end. Yeah. Um. This is all. Uh, uh, this is all. Uh, uh, this is all leading to. <laughs> Um, talking about the the fall of man uh, and uh, due to machines this was all themed we were theming it uh, you went to see Mad Max I went to see Mad Max Fury Road
1: I haven't been to see it yet because none of the cinemas near me have it out which is absolutely ridiculous yeah
0: I I tracked down a 2D showing of it as I like to do these days um, at the the, uh, Curzon Soho in London Um, Mad Max Fury Road Um, I mean shall we talk about Mad Max and where it's come from first, because you have seen the previous films.
1: Yes, yeah, a long time ago, but I was a big fan, of them, especially the second one. Second
0: one, Mad Max 2, or as it was called in America, The Road Warrior. I didn't especially enjoy
1: Mad Max Tina Turner. Uh,
0: Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome.
1: It's, it's called Tina, Mad Max Tina, Tina Turner in America. Um, tell us about it, the story of Mad Max.
0: Mad Max, well, as in the first. Because I, I, I had, uh, as is my wont, only seen Beyond Thunderdome before. What and I've seen with it you? many What's times. Wrong with you? I clearly made the wrong decisions as a child. But certainly so
1: much I said she don't watch that one, watch the other two.
0: I was probably about seven when I saw it, but um, That's wrong as well. Well basically I've spent the last week um sorting this problem out. So I have gone to the cinema to see Mad Max 1, Mad Max 2. And uh, Fury Road.
1: All in one sitting? Uh,
0: No, Fury Road I saw the day after. Mm -hmm. And I have also watched Beyond Thunderdome again as an adult, so I can have a proper opinion on it. You must be feeling a bit... uh, Totally mad maxed out. In fact, I was so into it, after Thunderdome finished, I then watched Waterworld again, just because it became suddenly utterly apparent how much it borrows from Mad Max Waterworld. It's just Mad Max on water. The entire thing is that. Anyway, so Mad Max, it's this the creation of a writer-director called George Miller, um, who's an Australian guy. He made this film for no money. It was like $350,000 or something, with uh, Mel Gibson as the star. And it's this mess, wonderful mess, of a B-movie. It feels like... Um, Evil Dead or something like that.
1: shouldn't they go
0: after it's an apocalypse, isn't it?
1: It isn't really. It's sort it, of well, isn't it, not it, isn't? it, it, it it's not the, the lo- apocalypse. They haven't got a location because some it's got nice green grass in it. I mean, it's hasn't. a
0: bit judge Dredd in that Max is a policeman in a some sort of dystopian future where it's just wasteland because they use Australia to film in. And he wears leathers and drives motorbikes and cars and they go after basically Can they go
1: his wife to me?
0: Road road ga- road gangs, biker gangs so oh, the baddies no. and his wife and kid are mixed get mixed up in it all as well.
1: Isn't um, it a bit strange that this has all come out the same week as those that biker gangs did that massive gang va- land shooting in America?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the same week um, in you, the eight in the 70s when it came out.
1: Do you know this week <laughs> it's come out in the news now? So, oh, really, as Mad Max. do you think yeah. that they've it's been copycat
0: okay, oh, I see it's a viral marketing campaign, yeah, got that to, would be deeply gross. Um, I don't believe that. I think it is. Okay. Okay, well. uh, If you agree with Marek, then buy one of our I agree with Marek t-shirts. We don't sell the alternative. Um, (coughs) uh, So Mad Max, it's this strange film and it's mental and the villain is a guy um, a guy called Toe Cutter and it's just so odd and structured bizarrely, but you've got these incredibly violent uh, stuff of you know people getting hands ripped off and getting hit by cars and all sorts. And it's sort of wonderful. They then made... a you know,
1: famous climax of him on the road at the end at, uh, in Mad Max? I'm sure I remember of him standing on a road after he's fallen off his bike or something. I can't remember what it mm. is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's... Yeah. It's good, though, isn't it? It is good. And it's got this very Australian sense of insanity about it that I think is... Reminiscent of Australian horror films. I don't know how many Australian horrors you've seen, but it's oh, got this...
1: fucking loads, mate!
0: Mate, <laughs> so it's got this oddness to it, this sort of unsettling weirdness about it and the sequel does as well they they got a, they got some more money for the second one and uh they basically rebooted much like evil dead again it it just i'm only using evil dead as an example because it felt like the same progression as the second one they basically remake the first one with more money but the
1: second one is brilliant yeah uh, exactly, in, quite, quite
0: like uh, Roberto Rodriguez actually with El Mariachi and then Desperado. Yeah. They remake the film but call it a sequel. Um, and Mad Max Two is called The Road Warrior in America because they. His thought, wife isn't
1: in the Mad Max Two, is it? It's just him looking for petrol.
0: Uh, no, they they use footage from the first one in the setup of Mad Max Two. Oh, okay. And sorry, spoilers for Mad Max guys. Uh, his wife and kid are dead, um, and so. Oh
1: shit, mate!
0: And so that's and. It is now in a post-apocalyptic landscape now. Um, although there's no reference to World War Three, which there is in Thunderdome. But uh, it's they're also disjointed and they don't quite follow on, but there's something wonderful about them. And Mad Max 2, it's basically a cowboys and Indians, but in a future punk world.
1: The start is horrific, isn't it? It's a horrific scene of the woman getting attacked, isn't it? At yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And there's remember. a fantastic little kid with a, a boomerang that uh, cuts people's fingers off. Oh stuff. yeah, I it's remember it. Really. Sort of hyper-violent. And what George Miller does incredibly well is this uh, is film car chases. The most incredible car chase.
1: The chase at the end is spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm talking about it. I haven't seen it for 15 years, which is the great. I mean, it's a great thing about getting old. You gradually lose your memory, and I can go back and I can watch it. Watch everything
0: again. Yeah. Brilliant. But it's it's Mad Max Two one and two are very different films to one another. They're almost unrelated, but they they are both sort of strangely hypnotic. There's this incredible sort of just camp. Uh, version of masculinity to the the baddies and everything you know like the, the real the real psychopath with the mohawk you probably remember from Mad Max 2 really his, his thing there. is that his his boyfriend on his bicycle gets killed early on and that's what sends him over the edge yeah yeah and there's this, this there's this sort of there's this strangeness to the sexuality into the romance and, to, and it, none of it follows normal sort of American story structures not in the same way it's all just a bit off or a bit weird and that makes it fascinating
1: so when you watched Beyond the Thunderdome again yes how did you feel about it and the second time you saw it it
0: is one of the strangest films I have ever seen and I'll tell you why what's I, the story in it so okay first Max same goes story. to he, he's it's the same guy he's the road warrior he's this sort of post-apocalyptic drifter whose number one thing is just survival he's got an, a troubled past from his, the, the death of his family and he is just trying to survive and he ends up like many drifters in westerns, he ends up just walking into a town and getting embroiled in the local issues there um so in beyond thunderdome um the first now i should I should tell you the backstory of how beyond Thunderdome got made because it was originally a screenplay about a sort of Lord of the Flies bunch of kids who grow up in a post apocalyptic world without any adults and Form a cult around their, the plane crash that put them there and into their midst walks a man. Now this was a screenplay about that um, and it wasn't a Mad Max film and George Miller asked well what if we made that guy Max and let's make that film. They were like brilliant let's make that film. So but to the top and tail of this they've bolted on these scenes with Tina Turner. I so can't remember what she does
1: apart from wear weird dress and dance She, she
0: rules the t- a town called Barter Town, okay. uh, but is being uh, held to ransom by Master Blaster, who is um, a dwarf riding a giant uh, who runs the pig shit power plant underground and he's holding her to ransom because without electricity she has no town.
1: I and thought so, she was a bad guy in it.
0: She is. She, sent, she tells Max that Master Blaster's the bad guy and has him fight uh, the giant in the, thun, uh, the Thunderdome which is a gladiatorial arena yeah. with bungee cords and, uh, and incredible incredible George Miller stuff. Bungee cords and chainsaws and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, there's this whole first act in Bartertown where it's hyper violent as usual and it's m- crazy and it's out there then he gets he gets sent into the desert and he starts a brand new screenplay with this whole thing of finding these kids in the uh, in the desert and they think he's their savior and it turns into hook it turns into the goonies it's the weirdest thing it's it's he has an entire first act of a film then starts a new first act of another film which is clearly the script they had originally and but not only that all of george miller's influence disappears and it the violence becomes slapstick you have people being hit in the face with shovels and getting their faces pushed into pig poo and it's all it's all Child, it, he enters a children's world and then finally there's a final chase at the end again with Tina Turner where we're back to George Miller and it's hyper violent again
1: isn't the end chase almost the same as the chase in Mad Max 2 yes 2?
0: now and I read about this and what happened was his best friend the producer who made Mad Max 1 with him and Mad Max 2 died during production of Thunderdome and, oh no mate and George Miller took it badly he lost all interest in the project and he said I'll do the action sequences but get someone else in to direct the story and that's what's happened it is literally two films bolted together and it's weird it's not without its charm but in the middle it turns into the Goonies and you're like Why is, where's my Mad Max film gone yeah it's so weird It, it, it you know it's only for completists, really, but it's got it's got something to it. It's still sort of so strange with all these weird characters and worlds and everything, and and that brings us. And then there was a thirty-year gap, and that brings us on to Mad Max: Fury Road. Finally, George Miller, the same guy, um, is the oh, he writer. He's the writer director of this new film, starring Tom Hardy as Max.
1: Now, I'm desperate to see it because everyone's saying that this is brilliant. It, it is great.
0: It's really good. I had it, it. Is it the same as story? Uh, it's again like Ma- all Mad Max. It it claims to carry on the story, and sort of starts it again. But this one is the most. I don't want to spoiler it, anything oh, for you. I'm
1: really. I'm going to go and see it tomorrow.
0: Well, this film is again. It's got its heart in the sort of American Western, but. If anything, the film it's the most like for me in terms of its story structure is Buster Keaton's film The General that we talked about. Oh really? Nearly the entire film is a car chase. Okay. But as in it is just a it they don't really stop and his filming of that is sublime. Mm. Like that I've looked up I've been watching um, behind the scenes footage and everything. And what's strange is that He's done nearly everything, practically. There's very little CGI in it. And the modern CGI elements are the weird things that feel out of place. Also, the grading of it makes it seem faker than when you see behind-the-scenes oh, really? footage. The behind-the-scenes footage is almost more impressive, because you go, okay. bloody hell, they're actually doing that. That's Whereas everything's, ever everything's so, uh, uh, so colourful and, okay, yeah, yeah, and, and bright and high-def that you go, well, a lot of this must be green screen. None of it is. Really? None of it is. That's um, a shame.
1: Uh, so Tom Hardy, playing Mad Max, he's specialising in films of him in a car, isn't he?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the mashup of Locke and Mad Max is going to happen, isn't it? I mean, it's got to. Um, and he's signed on for more. The next one's already been announced. It's going to be called Mad Max Wasteland. Is he good? Uh, he's great. Now, what's weird about this film um and what's um is it what's
1: in it Charlie's Theron?
0: Charlie's Theron plays a character called Imperator Furiosa. All the names in Mad Max are wonderful. Um and this is her film.
1: Oh, okay. Not
0: really about Max at all, but that's that's fine because Max was always a hand solo figure. He was never a Luke Skywalker. He yeah, wanders yeah. into somebody else's life and decides to help them out because he's a drifter. So it, the, sto- the uh, spine of the story is Furiosa's quest, basically. And it's it's well, it's well worth seeing. I, I'd i be interested... Well, I hope we can talk again once you've seen it because... This has got 8.8
1: on IMDb. It has shot up to the 23rd best film of all time. No, I don't agree with that. I think the action
0: sequences of this are the best he's ever done. I I prefer The Madness of 1 and 2, because this one is a made-now-American blockbuster film. It's, okay. it's very American. The George Miller is doing what George Miller does best, but this is an American movie. How
1: many days would you give it?
0: I think I'd give it eight.
1: In terms of ordering the Mad Maxes in best to worst?
0: Uh, I think I would go... Uh, I would go. Oh, that is tough. I love one and two, but for different reasons. I think I'd probably go two Fury Road, one Beyond Thunderdome.
1: Oh, so that's pretty good then.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was
1: worried. I was worried you were going to say because my, my knowledge of Mad Max is just the original three. Yeah, and it's two, one, three.
0: Well, interestingly, the head of the biker gang from Number One, um, a character called Toe Cutter. Um, it's the same actor playing the villain in this one, in uh, in Fury Road.
1: Wow, that's a result. Thirty isn't it? years
0: later, yeah, and he plays this fantastic, uh, grotesque who looks like a cross between Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe. He looks like a cross between uh, Peter Stringfellow and a and a ball bag. Like he's hideous. I've um, got
1: pictures of him up now. Yeah, he's got he's he got a bane type mask.
0: Yeah, he? he's got a bane type breathing mask because he can't quite breathe normally, and his he's got this plate mail he puts on that gives him muscle definition because he's actually just a fat blob. And all the all the super villains in this... The picture, there's we'll a look at the picture of the Toe is. Cutter. Toe cutter. Um All of the uh, leaders of the bad guys in this are all fat old white men. There's no not muscle amongst them. All of their henchmen are muscly and they're just these grotesquely greedy men. I bet
1: he's really pleased with this guy because he's not really worked. He played man three... In Sleeping Beauty in 2011.
0: <laughs> oh, but Man 3 is a really good part.
1: And then he worked did a part, Grunchick in Farscape the Peacekeeper Wars and TV miniseries. Yeah. And also in 2001. Uh, he's not really worked that much. In Huntsman 5.1, he did play a character called Bane. So he may have... There you go. Useful, may have experience with that. Um,
0: well, Tom, Tom Hardy could probably give him some advice on what to do with the part.
1: He did sure you talk, right he talk about did he?
0: No, he didn't. He just uh, sounds probably gravelly. and blah, blah, blah. But you
1: couldn't see his mouth when at were talking? No. no. That's no. the thing, that you don't really need... I wonder if it was his voice as well.
0: I think it was. I think it was. But um it, it, I don't know if you're aware of the other work of George Miller. They write a director of this. But he has the strangest CV. Between uh, Thunderdome and this, he wrote and directed both the Babe movies, as in Babe, the talking pig, and the Happy Feet movies about the dancing penguin. He does exclusively animated talking animal films. Wow. But, and they're brilliant as well. They, If you like talking animal films... He's
1: mate. He's done um, The Witches of Eastwick.
0: Yeah, that's him. He didn't write that one. He just directed it.
1: And he directed Lorenzo's Oil as well. Yeah, which yeah. Which is
0: like an odd sort of uh, true story movie about that kid who's and he's right back on top again with this because it has been phenomenally successful Fury Road so it will it will run and run
1: well all his films have done pretty well yeah I mean, the ones he directed and written like Babe Lorenzo's Oil uh, and he
0: and Happy Feet
1: directed the Bank, uh, Bangkok Hilton what's that that's a really famous uh, TV series did he actually direct it I think he did um, it's the one about made Nicole, Nicole Kidman famous, where she got well, Denimella, at Bangkok Hilton, uh, um, uh Nicole Kidman. Uh, <laughs> not Bangkok Hilton. <laughs> it's a good name. It's a good it? name. Uh, she she gets in prison for the drugs uh, dealing, but she gets tricked into it. Right. And she gets put in a prison in Bangkok. It's quite a famous thing in the eighties. Everyone, everyone watched Bangkok Hilton. So he produced that. I'm not sure if he did. Uh, did he direct it? I don't
0: know. He's got such an eye for move, for action on the move. Like nobody does a car chase like him. It, it's so joyful to watch because it's fast. You know, you get such a sense of speed. Because a lot but of you, car chases you're aware are... of everything that's happening. He, yeah. He, he wants to show you what he's actually doing rather than cutting around the stuff he's not done.
1: And some some car chases, a lot of them recently, are terrible. Yeah. It's just lots of noise and weird close-ups and you think you're watching a your car chase but you... You have no idea what's there, happening. There's no coverage of it so what they've done is they've cut away loads of quick car bits and skids and brakes and shots inside the car. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well,
0: this is entirely the opposite. In terms of uh shooting action, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. And... and you can't, I don't think, if you like that genre, you can't not enjoy this film and sit and appreciate it for what it is. I have a couple of issues, but we can talk about those once you've seen it. it they're not worth talking about. Maybe right um, that he should have put some car chases in Babe. that <laughs> be good, remix it. That could have really made it even bigger than it was. I mean, maybe, I mean, he might still own the rights to Babe, so maybe uh, the universes could... Uh, could overlap and uh, Ma- Max could meet Babe in the next one, couldn't he?
1: I'd like that if there was a uh, pig that came to the three pig in the desert. I could play pighead or something. <laughs> so I've done. I've had experience wearing a, a pig set before for things. Have you? What? What real one? No, no, just for rubbish things I've made online. Okay, and I could play. I could play like the pig man. Yeah. I mean, Pigman would be a good name. Their names in this are phenomenal. But Pigman would be quite good. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have to actually act I'm just standing with a pig's head on and get paid loads of money.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a character in Beyond Thunderdome called Pigkiller. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. And he's got it branded on his chest. That'd be good, because then he would give a backstory to... Uh, yeah. Pig well, he's Man a prisoner well. because he killed a pig. That's why he's... Uh, he's He's got, like, a, a gimp collar on and he's chained to his workstation. Oh. Pigkiller.
1: I might approach George Miller send him a photo maybe the pigs yeah. classic pigs head on yeah and say is there a part for pig man in your necks and they go I love your mask can we rent that off you can we, we can buy a nine at about ten pounds oh, All right, great well, we don't need you then, then. all right <laughs> um but sorry hello hello look at my hands I've got really good hands hello oh, oh George George there so um, how, how, many, how many Davies did you give it
0: eight I eight, think Davies. eight I think I'm there's a couple of things. I, you see, I'm I'm chopping at the bit to talk to you about them, and I don't want to. I'm, I'm stopping myself. Sorry, we'll talk you, about we, it some other go, time. when oh, you do?
1: We'll talk about it later on. But go and see Mad Max. Then I've heard from a lot of people that it is one of the best films of the year.
0: It's really, really good fun. It's really well done. He's a fantastic uh, director, and it. I think there's going to be more of these, and hopefully, hopefully they'll get better and I'm better. I'm
1: glad it's the same director making it rather than someone making. Yeah. I don't mind uh, when reboots when it's the same director.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a fascinating road as well. I've really enjoyed just... Mad, sort of, mad fascinating road. Yeah, fascinating road. I, I've really enjoyed just immersing myself in the career of this one man over a week. It's like, that is really interesting to see them in, in order. Um, Do I, you feel psychologically, mm,
1: having watched four Road Warrior films... Yes. ...you are more inclined to, to kill someone? I can't drive... So no. But do you feel, this is just a test whether test. whether violent films have an effect on people. I think I'd
0: be more inclined you? to help a small disparate community of, of innocent people protect themselves against uh, guys with Mohicans who have their bums out. That's all I'm saying. I feel I really want to do that right now. I don't know where those people are, but I want to help them.
1: So if you saw, because we are based in Camden at the moment, there's quite a few Mohicans with yeah, bums out. If you saw Mohican go with his bum out, would you? Would, would, how would you? Has it changed? How I you would feel be wary
0: him? about him. I'd be wary. More of or him. less
1: wary. I'd be
0: more wary of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd look out for any uh sort of people in post-apocalyptic sportswear. Basically, if they if they're wearing sports armor, they're a baddie yeah. pretty much.
1: Um, if you got off with the part, yeah of Mohican of, of the bad guy's lover yes who's got mahican he's one with his bum out isn't he
0: uh, no 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 it's the bad guy
1: with his bum out you with a part of his mahican lover. guy's lover yeah and you have to wear have a mahican and wear sportswear your bum out would you do it oh yeah yeah it sounds enormous fun doesn't it would well, you just, not you want to play a pig so I'm playing the pig man <laughs> I'd be playing a human being I've, I've got definitely got my bum out yeah
0: that's right I mean pigs don't wear trousers yeah it's not a cartoon
1: yeah, it's going to make it real.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's we're both nice. in that.
0: Can I just briefly? Have you seen Waterworld? Yes. Um, what did you think of it? You're not a Kevin Costner fan, are you? So I, I'm imagining think, you hate it. I don't it. like
1: Kevin Costner, but it it got. I watched it. I didn't think it was as bad as because it was the biggest one, the biggest flops ever. Wasn't yes, it? It, and it, it got absolutely panned. So my expectation was that this is an awful film, and it wasn't as awful. It's as not. As it's I, a, I, it's
0: absolutely it's absolutely fine. I I did a bit of reading about it... Because I watched it after Thunderdome... Because it is Mad Max on water... That's clearly what they pitched... And it's clearly what they did... It's Mad Max 2 on water... Um, but I, it's just sort of fascinating... Because it, it came after Robin and Prince of Thieves... Which was a massive commercial success... For, um, for everyone involved... But Kevin Costner included... And so he demanded that Kevin Reynolds... The director of Prince of Thieves... Directed Waterworld... Or he was going to walk off the project... And so Kevin Reynolds came and directed it. And then Kevin Reynolds walked off the project because he couldn't stand Kevin Costner anymore. Because <laughs> apparently he was such a dick on that project. He personally put in $22 million of his own money into the film. Kevin Costner? Yeah. And uh, it was not going well. Wow. And um, they, they shipped in Joss Whedon to do a, re- a last-minute rewrite of the script after the director left and Joss Whedon calls it Seven Weeks of Hell. He's has it made money you know. by now? Yeah, it, it has by now, yes. Um, so none of these flops are ever... At, you know, none of the enormous flops are ever actual flops because the story, pretty much, people want to see how bad it was so they watch it. I mean, Baron von Munchhausen, Terry Gilliam's film, was famously an enormous flop but it's made its money back a long time ago.
1: The budget was £175 million for Waterworld. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it only took... It's amazing they built this. So they they built
0: this atoll set, this fortress um, on the water that was a quarter of a mile across, and they used up all of the steel in Hawaii where they were filming. So had to ship in more steel from California to build it.
1: I mean, they were just a CGI now,
0: weren't they? They would have done these days, but they built the whole thing, um, and (laughs) they didn't bother planning for what the weather was like. So the, you, you know. Gale force winds would rattle the set and ruin takes all the time. Blimey. Also, in this qu- quarter of a mile square set, they didn't build a single toilet. So whenever anyone needed the toilet, they needed to get a barge to somewhere else to go and have a piss. Um, like just the
1: worst place. It sounds like a nightmare. When you need the loo, and you're surrounded by water and water. So you think that's. And scary? you can't <laughs>
0: wee in it because it's full of stuntmen, and they are hard. You don't want to piss off stuntmen. Uh, anyway, I Waterworld. Is one of those films where you read about it and it sounds like a total disaster. And you watch the film and it is not as much of a mess as you would assume it was by the stories of it. As a film, it's not as much of a I mess. I've just looked
1: it up. The total outlay for Waterwell was 235 million. Yeah. And with uh, all the overseas money and the foreign box office, it made 264 million.
0: So not really worth it, really. Well, made millions, you know. It's alright.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't take into account the. Uh, the, the money they take from they say broke even
0: so that's alright isn't it it's ok eventually um, sort of sunk Costner's career he made The Postman afterwards another post-apocalyptic movie and it didn't do very well so. good yeah you don't like him do you he's well, apparently a tool he was staying in a house overlooking the sea with his own chef and butler and swimming pool and all the rest and the crew were in um, on on uh, Uninsulated flats, as the temperature would fluctuate fifty degrees in the extremes in the night, and they were all so grumpy. And Costner was just sort of.
1: If I paid twenty two million, I would expect a nice dinner. Sure,
0: but with everyone else who's working harder than you, basically shivering in the dark, is that sensible?
1: Yes. Okay. Fine. 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 So there we go. There's Man Max in Waterworld. Oh, we've had some letters. What do people want? This one's from John Brain, who's from Dublin. Which means that I'm gonna do a slightly racist accent. It's no change there then. Do you think we marry in the course of Danielle and Chris Webb? <laughs> I'm just wanting to recommend a movie I think you really like called the Best Worst Movie. And it's very similar to American movie which I watched on your recommendation and loved. Best Worth Movie is another movie it, it, It's about another movie called Troll 2 That was once voted the worst movie of all time But it's since grown into a cult movie With a very devoted fan base <laughs> Going Jamaican He, this Irish man Spent been, been a lot of time in He's got Jamaican mum oh, Lucky man <sighs> Like American movie in the story of Ann But it is some fairly endearing characters At the heart of it it's also on Netflix but unfortunately Troll 2 isn't which is a bummer because you won't want to watch Troll 2 straight away. I've been thinking recently about what sometimes makes a bad movie good and I don't think it's as simple as it's but so bad it's good. I think low budget movies that fairly made departments whether it's bad acting, writing or production often have a charm or sometimes an ethereal weirdness that that perfectly big polished big budget Productions just can't reproduce It's almost like the difference between An oil painting and a photograph Something interesting is lost In the perception of the reproduction One of my favourite bad movies Is The Phantom of Paradise A weird low budget musical I saw late One night as a kid and never forgot Would love to hear your thoughts On what can sometimes make a bad movie great Apologies for watching In a much longer email than I planned to Best regards John Breen.
0: Thank you, John Breen.
1: We have recommend, uh, John, uh, um, I recommended... i recommend the best work movie before. Yes. Troll 2 is... Have you seen it? Yeah. It absolutely incredible.
0: Is it? I want to see it. Isn't that the one where it's uh, got a young boy who wants to be a wizard called Harry Potter?
1: Uh, in, n- I no, believe it's so. It's a bit it's similar, similar... I think it's got similar... All I know is it's uh, set in a weird... It was made by an Italian... There's Troll, which is a completely different film. Yeah. It's a sequel, it doesn't relate anything to it. Troll 2, it's got these weird troll-like creatures who, I think these kids eat these sandwiches and turned into t- t- trolls. Don't eat sandwiches. Or something weird to do with that. But the problem was that the director and the whole crew were Italian and didn't speak any <laughs> English. <laughs> and they auditioned these people who weren't actors. One of the main actors, the dad, is... a. a a local dentist who wants to get into acting right and it's got some of the worst performances I think the director's wife is the bad the the woman in it the bad woman in it yeah uh, the evil villain it is incredibly awful but really funny film and the kid who plays the the main actor the kid the child actor in it uh, made this um, documentary about it and interviewed all the uh, uh, all the old stars of the film years later it's called Best Worst Movie and it's a brilliant documentary it's fascinating it's really funny We have to I'd watch Troll 2 first and then Best Worst Movie Troll 2 is probably the worst film I've ever made really but really entertaining I'm, I'm desperate to see it now where can you track it down I'm sure you can rent it somewhere I'll get it online somehow but watch that for Best Worst Movie it's brilliant I've had bad films that I've really uh...
0: maybe this isn't the one with Harry Potter maybe I'm thinking of a different film yeah, I think I'm thinking of something else.
1: Um, anyway, I want the first film I watched. Uh, I watched the cinema was Condor Man, and I watched that again recently, about well, about three or four years ago. And it was very disappointing; a terrible film. And I just felt that my four-year-old self was a total idiot. Oh, I lost no. respect for myself as a human being. It's a Troll. The original Troll has a character.
0: Uh, called Harry Potter and Harry Potter Junior, and he's played by the same kid who is Atreyu, the warrior in Neverending Story. Oh, okay. It's the original Troll, not Troll Two. I'm trying to think.
1: Well, the plot of Troll Two is I'm sure it's something to do with sandwiches. <laughs> it's, it's one really, of the sandwich it, films. It, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But what and the the special effects and the makeup are just the right side of rubbish.
0: There is some. It's a subtle art, being so bad it's good because so many things are just boring if you're boring you're bad bad there, there's no there's no doubt about it you can be bad and boring and therefore it's just an unwatchable mess there's something wonderful about people trying really hard and failing yeah. that that just is fascinating because you go these decisions are so bizarre <laughs> i sort of love them i think it has to be like that like showgirls is a bad film but it, Every decision that's going on is just so strange. You're like, why are you doing... I think that's the appeal of Nicolas Cage, not to bring it back to him for too long. But, you know, it's like, what on earth possessed you to do it like that? But at least you're not boring. You can't possibly be boring with you. It's the vampire's kiss, Was it? Yeah. And what? that's a perfect example yeah. of that. It's so bizarre that these were the choices that got made. And there's something... About George Miller's early work that's exactly the same. It's not, it's not so bad it's good. It's just never dull. Because you're like, I've never seen somebody do a scene like that, like that before. Or what on earth is that character? You realise just is how you...
1: ingrained you are yeah. with the logic of the arc of the stories that Hollywood think when you watch a film, of vampire's kiss, it yeah. seems so yeah, yeah, alien. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ma- Troll and 2 as well.
0: Mad Max 1. It's a revenge story, basically, but the incident that sends him on a path to revenge doesn't happen until the last 20 minutes. And it's just like, but that may seem unbalanced and front heavy, but you just, you're never, you don't know what's going to happen because it's not a story you've seen a thousand times before. Yeah. It's not boring. And I think that's the, that's the difference. Um, yeah. No, fascinating. If you've got a film that you think is the worst film ever made, but incredibly watchable, then do email us. DearFilmFandango at gmail.com. Oh. Um, or you can go onto Facebook forward slash FilmFandango and talk to one another there. Or you can tweet us uh, if you prefer a more ephemeral and disposable form of communication. Then go to at filmfandango. At Mr. David Reed or at Merrick Larwood, and we do all of this for free. So, if you would like to contribute towards our running costs, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. And everyone who has, thank you very much.
1: I'm going to talk about uh, a film I watched on Netflix. Yeah, I thought i was a gamble on it. Yeah, did you know anything the, about it? No, it was uh, in the critically acclaimed section. I've recently managed my. Brother's let me into have a go on his Netflix account because I got so bored of it, having the same films I'd already seen. Yeah. I thought, I'm not paying for just rubbish films. You
0: can have different users on Netflix. I know, it's so, amazing. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, I've uh, I've ordered your brother's book, by the way, Freaks.
1: Oh, good!
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not arrived yet. It should arrive next week. Oh, yeah.
1: that's very kind of you. Well, Thank you very much. I was interested to read it. Yeah, that would make a good film. Anyway, this f- film is called... It's such a beautiful day. It's an animation... And it's written, directed, animated and made by this bloke called Don Hertzfeld. Oh, Don Hertzfeld's brilliant. I know Don Hertzfeld's stuff. It is incredible. I've not seen this film, though. I didn't know he'd made a whole film. So he's previously made 20-minute films that have done well. And this is a whole... It's 62 minutes long. And he's narrating it. And it's just almost like a matchstick man drawing of this bloke called Bill. Yeah, and Bill is—it's just like three short films put together. And Bill's suffering from this illness, and gradually getting a—he's uh, sort of like an outsider and getting more frustrated. Doesn't know what's going on with the world. The writing is—I mean, if I was describing it, like matchstick drawings, where most of the screen on is white, black, usually, yeah, isn't it? Or... Yeah, and it puts bits of film in, in into the actual screen as well. But it's also almost like it's just a. Sort of cloud of white, unless it's black, when the drawing takes place. Right, and they're not very heavily animated. So maybe the matchstick figure will just look to the left, and look to the right, and change the expression. But it's this really the, expressive in in its simplicity. It's, isn't yeah, it, it's so. just literally a circle, two yeah, dots for
0: yeah. eyes, and a mouth. There was this series of shorts that he made that me and my friends watched over and over again when we were at university. And it purported to be, and I don't know the truth of it, that he submitted these as potential adverts for a company that had um, that had paid him to do an advert campaign for the most inappropriate adverts yeah. for anything. And they're, they are absolutely wonderful. I'll try and put a link um, on the podcast to Well, the, to the writing,
1: just, it's just... Cut. You know, if we, when you see it it's so refreshing, it's just uh, the most accurate film about life and the obscurities and the misunderstandings and the awkwardness yeah. I mean, it starts out just he's walking down the street and he sees someone and he doesn't know if he knows the person and the person reacts in the same way back to him and he tries to say something but it comes out wrong so he just says some weird <laughs> words and the other person says something wrong because so it's a really awkward moment and then he goes to the supermarket and the lady says oh, how, how, how are you? and he says fine thanks, how are you? and she doesn't reply and he feels really odd about it it's, it's just perfect moments the writing is just cuts through everything yeah. and his voice as well the way he it's almost hypnotic you hear this is it his voice yeah he's, sort of t- he's narrating the whole thing and it seems like a te- it, you, in one you think oh a man narrating a matchstick comic for an hour sounds tedious but it is brilliant what's it called again it's called uh, the. it's such a beautiful day
0: it's such a beautiful day and it's on Netflix it's probably it's on, on something else as well isn't it
1: uh, and it's three short films put together I, I I just tell, I'll tell you
0: something that uh, we've talked about in the past and I've just discovered now exists um, not plugging anything we talked about there is no place you can search for something and see what service it's on yeah um, the, they've recently brought it in on the Xbox. So that's how I found Thunderdome. That If you go to the search engine on the Xbox's homepage and just type in Thunderdome, it goes, that's available on Blinkbox, Netflix, Microsoft Zone, and we, and it tells you where it can be found. Oh, So great. if you're already a subscriber to one of those services, you go, oh, brilliant, I've got it for free. And, and uh, you can now do that. And so I'm sure if they can do it, others can. Because pre- before... We we I think when we talked about it before, we assumed it was sort of they the companies themselves were resistant to it because they yeah. didn't want other people to find it elsewhere,
1: you know. But it seems to be happening now. So if you've got an hour to kill, watch this brilliant, unique take on life. It shows you don't need uh, CGI or anything. You yeah. can just be simple magic drawings. As Long as the ideas are there, then you can create a really powerful film. An hour is an interesting amount of time for a
0: feature as well, isn't it? And because, you know, usually things tend to fit into these sort of uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, or 90, but an hour, bang on. I mean, that's, I'd be interested to see that. What, yeah. kind of, what kind of feel it is. Well, that's about it, isn't it? Cool. Yeah, that's enough for this week. Um, we will be back next week. Um, so, in the meantime, keep, keep watching, watching the films. films.